Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast, episode 25, quarter of a century mark. Can you believe this? 25 episodes? I don't know how I'm gonna, if I'm going to keep it up or how because uh, it's work, man. It takes a little work structuring these. Doesn't that sound crazy? Because it doesn't sound like they have work, but uh, maybe a guest or something, anything to take breaks from my voice. Uh, I'm your host, Patrick Keen. Uh, Keen on things, man. After this episode, you're going to wish it was Keen off things podcast. You know what I mean? Keen off things. Um, yeah, episode 25. I can't believe we keep keep getting greenlit. I can't imagine listening to this, but thank you. Uh, I do not look at the numbers or stats or of who listens to this. It's uh, complete therapy. I think out loud. Some of it I don't even believe. Just cathartic, brain emptying, Actions are more important than words, right? We let words mean so much, especially in this country. And getting offended is a choice. It's a choice. You're getting offended by someone's stance or someone trying to get a rise out of you. My dad said absurd, outlandish things in his life, but his actions were incredibly humanitarian. He did so much for every community we lived in over the years. Toledo, then Michigan, um, you know, we were in Oberlin, we are in Orange County, St. Catherine's grade school, Santa Margarita High School, you know, helped kids get scholarships. Sometimes they didn't deserve them. I don't know that I did. I got a partial in Montana. You know, he was making tapes, him and the football coach and the staff and some people there that he knew in the sports Orange County world, making tapes, man, VHS tapes of players' talents, sending those tapes to coaches before social media was going on, before like kind of some of these personalized services for athletes ever existed of course other people were doing that but uh, he was one of the pioneers in making that happen instead of waiting for scouts to come and look at talent you know fly out to see you or you know talk to recruiting coordinators he was very proactive he loved kids on my team man and on other teams that had kids I grew up with who went to capo you know the 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 public school near me kids my brother played with in, in south central even though we all went to different high schools after grade school. He like stayed in touch. He kept track. He wanted the best for them. He got so many of us exposure. He helped get a lot of kids from my class, in particular, football scholarship that, that year, uh, that, which before wouldn't have been possible, or partial scholarships at smaller schools who wouldn't have otherwise played. Man, I don't know that many kids from my class played all four years in college, but a lot of kids started out there playing first-year students because of him and the program that they helped build at Santa Margarita. Just incredible. And it continues today with the president there, my buddy of mine. Man, it's like Notre Dame, Santa Margarita. It's like a Notre Dame-Stanford mix if you go there. You know, you, you visit those schools, Notre Dame-Stanford, those have to be tough to say no to if they want you. You know, I, I've been on both campuses, and they're incredible. And USC as well. And uh, they didn't desire me. But had I been desired, you know, and had I been a kid growing up in those areas and you walk on that campus, I don't see how you don't go to that school. Colin uh, Cowherd talks about Stanford, just like all the all his contacts, uh, all the different people he's talked to. He says, man, I think if you're if you're a kid and you have a chance to go to Stanford, that's the one. Uh, West Coast, you know, uh, liberal, high intellect, stuff like that. Open minded, beautiful community. Anyway, um, Santa Margarita, it really is a, uh, it's its own college. I was talking about it with Paul Marks, my old activities director last week. We had lunch together and it's like just amazing. 
I remember hearing about it for the first time. David Banmiller was a buddy of mine in, in grade school, eighth grade at St. Catharines in Laguna Beach. And he had us all pumped for that school because he went to an information night or something before any of us did. He always had access to things before everyone else did. And he came back the next day. He's like, man, I got a private tour of, of the ground they just broke out there in Rancho Santa Margarita. And he came back so wired on that school and got everyone excited. Uh, and then the guy's family transferred to Dallas. Work transfer for his, for his dad, for his old man. And uh, we lost out on a huge football and baseball talent there. And a smart guy. He's a great student. And leader. He was like a big kid that matured fast, but wasn't a bully. He was a friend, and, and he's a good musician, too, I think. Um, and uh, Jeremy Bryan went to Capo, man. We, so we lost our two biggest, strongest, fastest guys. Um, Brennan O'Neill was a huge football, basketball, and volleyball guy who went to Chicago. That was it, man. Those three we lost from our grade school class that could have been um, at Santa Margarita with us and, you know, excelled, but they excelled uh, elsewhere. I can see just I, the ratings for this podcast just going through the ceiling, going through the roof right now, which is a bummer because it's going to be hot again today and I'm going to be boiling. But you know what? I, I just I can't stop this talent and this skill. Um, from just causing whatever damage it causes. Jesus, talking about grade school guys. Okay, um, it's cool, cooling off a little each day this week, and by a little, I mean very little. Anyway, point is, being offended is a choice. It's just words. So thanks for listening. Uh, I was able somehow to get back, make get, get, bring it back to high school football and grade school, not pro, but uh, eventually I'll talk about my 1980. One season at Northwood Knights. Or no, 80, 82 and 83 at Northwood. 81, I was at St. Clement's my first year in pads. Uh, I was number 21. So, yeah, getting offended is a choice. I, I, I'm trying to stay off Facebook. Unless I'm posting some brilliant jokes or part of this sports 10-day challenge that I'm in the middle of. Cool, back to sports, thank God. Um, then I'm staying off Facebook. It's just going to, it's going to, you, you're letting it control you. Uh, this thing that's not even in your home. It's like far away out there in space, and it's this weird online image. Um, so, yeah, I got nominated. My buddy um, Lamont Ferguson nominated me for 10, 10 athletes in 10 days, which I got a post for today. I forgot to, but I didn't forget. I just have to get to it. But I got nominated. Getting nominated for those things is absurd, and it really puts people out, but it's fun. Um, going back over the course of your life and pulling athletes or musicians or actors, moments from your past, you know, who you really liked, loved, worshipped, idolized. It's 10 athletes in 10 days. Mine's very football-heavy. I started with Kurt Gibson, of course, who actually played football as well as baseball at Michigan State. Um, and then I went Anthony Carter, deep cut of the old Michigan Wolverines. He was like the first great athlete I could see live when we drive up to the big house in Ann Arbor. And that was like the first stadium experience where it's like packed. It's like, what is this? And uh, just um, that many people cheering and making noise and, you know, like a rock concert or something or a football game. Sorry. So then I went Kenny Stabler, who was in a picture with Madden. So that was two. It was perfect. It was those two together. Then Dickerson, then Mark Bavaro. So, yeah, very football heavy. My next five are going to be like... Barry Sanders, Kurt Rambis, Rocket Ishmael, Joe Dumars, Kirk, Gib Kirk Gibson again, but as a Dodger to close it out. Wow. To be able to get this insight days before it happens, very random 10. Kind of all over the place. Not necessarily my favorite 10, but those are a fun 10. Maybe I'll put Billy Sims in place of Barry. I think I will, just for the hell of it. 
you know, Barry gets a lot of play now. Probably never enough, but um, he's A-list, and Billy doesn't always get his play. Oklahoma, and then the Detroit Lions, man, he was fantastic. Now he's got barbecue joints all over Oklahoma. He's in there. Forget it. Do I put him in uh, my pantheon as an Oklahoma sooner or as an Oklahoma later? Or as a Detroit Lion? I think a Lion. Lions need all the coverage they can get. Still love them. Oklahoma gets plenty. I like them too uh, for a variety of reasons. Them, I like the Rams. I've always been a Lions, Rams, Raiders. Can I be all three? Whatever. I love the game, you know? Do you only love red or right wine? Red or right? Red or right wine. Um, Billy Sims was amazing. Had to play on some mediocre teams, to say the least. They almost beat the Niners in divisional playoff game on New Year's Eve 1983, but missed a last-second field goal at Candlestick. Um, you may have heard my dad scream from Southern Michigan that night. I don't know if anybody, anybody, when that happened. Yeah, Lions played a tough game and then got like 17 points in the fourth quarter in Candlestick against a team that had won the Super Bowl two years ago and they were driving on the last drive and they got in field goal position they missed the last second field goal by a very reliable kicker i don't know if it was blocked or whatever but i'm pretty sure um my dad you know it's new year's eve I, I i'm pretty sure we didn't have a remote control that far back in time but if we did someone would have died from it being thrown against the wall and then the ricochet would have killed them it would have shattered beyond recognition rage to the point that you no longer he, he was so mad and it was to the point that we no longer, well, I, my sister and brother, I don't think could care less about the game no matter what, but it was raged to the point that you no longer were concerned with the game. You know, because like it was, it, it was like, oh, here's a new thing to worry about survival. Your team got close, didn't happen, totally bummed, but then total fear and rage from this guy. And you weren't as worried about the game anymore. And then my dad went on his way. And I don't even think my mom was upstairs. It was almost like Karen Allen, Harrison Ford, in the in the Raiders Lost Ark, where with the mirror she hits his chin or his jaw, and he screams, and she's like, "Huh?" And my mom, I don't even think heard it because she was just either immune to it or upstairs getting ready to go out. And we were like frightened, and he walked away no problem. He uh, he didn't keep things buried, man. My parents were ready to go out for New Year's Eve that night, and we we're gonna we we're gonna go to my grandparents for the evening. My grandma Keens off of Yermo there. You guys know what I'm talking about, Alexis and Yermo. And um, by there's, I remember a Wendy's being built there a long time, Little Caesars and a Wendy's, but like way back, way back when there weren't that many fast food places. So it's weird. Um, but they were getting ready to go out for New Year's Eve and they were going to go to my grandparents that night and watch MTV Countdown. And my, or we were, my sister still hadn't seen Thriller music video and kept saying to wake her up, um, if it came on, if she fell asleep, because it was going to be on late. And uh, it, was, it was a great, great thriller, like 14 minutes. I think that time frame all matches up. Go ahead and check that out um, and let me know if it doesn't. But uh, I remember the next day was a Sunday. New Year's was on Sunday, and that bumped the college bowl games to uh, January 2nd because NFL playoffs were happening. And I remember thinking, well, at least uh, the Rams are still in it, you know because they were going to play the Redskins, and then they got mutilated by them. It was like 51-3. to What a fun weekend just to watch both teams. But what it, what's weird is ultimately the Raiders ended up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, so what am I complaining about? So those are kind of three teams I always liked. Uh, wow. Can I just make this a history of the NFL podcast? Not even a current NFL podcast? Like, this is... All right. 
um, you know, in college. Like, I could accuse my dad, my father, of over-indoctrination into football. But I love it, and I always have. The pageantry as well as the game, the history. You know, I could have walked away a long time ago. My dad wasn't this into, like, the history and stuff. He was into X's and O's. He was into teaching people, uh, coaching, you know, motivating. I'm more of a... uh, I guess, passive fan of it or a passive follower, cerebral. I don't know, man. Um, okay, so this leads me, thank you for still listening. I, I, I think I even lost the internet on this one. Jesus, we're almost halfway done with this episode. We got a boogie. Okay. Um, this leads me to a project I'm working on that is a huge thrill for me. I've been trying to uh, find a niche for the uh, minutiae around sports, and I tried to find comedy find a comedy angle on it for years, uh, sports and following sports, nerd culture, but for sports, you know, nerd culture for comic books can exist. So I think it's okay for nerd culture for sports to exist because I was an athlete. Well, I played sports. If you played sports and are now a sports nerd, it's okay. No comic book nerds were ever comic book heroes, right? Nobody was ever Superman. Nobody ever, you know, they, they weren't Superman, and now they love and follow comic book. Mark Hamill was playing Luke Skywalker. He wasn't Luke Skywalker. So he was an actor, but maybe that's the craft, and that's being honored. I think I just invalidated my entire point. Anyway, on Saturday, we shot this idea that uh, I loved, uh, uh, that I had with some people called Fan Center, which is simply Sports Sports Center. But the stories that are delivered from the news desk are about sports fans. Some are made up. Some are real. It's myself and an actress and writer named Dara Emery, and it was shot by Adam Shearer. Hopefully, it's the beginning of something great. We're decked out in retro 1970s Monday Night Football, ABC Wide World of Sports, mustard-colored jackets, which is basically, I think, why I did this Also, I could wear that jacket, my own Hall of Fame jacket. Um, I just think that the ESPN thing is so embedded in our minds and culture that we can have plenty to go off from there. Uh, so you'll see an episode or two. In a month or two, you know, it's a ways off, but uh, when everyone's working for free, you're not going to be able to tape live and then film and edit and post the same day, but it's fun. And the storylines are endless. And it's going to be called Fan Center. The heat is on in Southern California. It is hot and well, not well handled. My electricity was gone for 36 hours. That was a nightmare. I've uh, been doing a little AC, but mostly just sitting in front of a fan. Um, you know, yeah just sitting in front of a fan. He, the fan really likes my comedy and just waves a towel in front of me all day to keep me cool. So many good jokes today instead of a fan. The heat is on, man. Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry from the Eagles. Beverly Hills Cop. I wonder how the Eagles felt about Glenn doing that song. Money Grab? Smuggler's Blues? Were they still together then? It seems like the Eagles were in and out a lot. Did Glenn Fry and Eddie Murphy ever meet? Eddie Murphy was supposed to be in Ghostbusters, guys. But got this Beverly Hills Cop movie just before and obviously had to take it. Would have been incredible if he were in Ghostbusters. But it was a nice break for Ernie Hudson. Um, I have seen shit that would turn you white. Also, Belushi was supposed to play Bill Murray's character. Can you imagine Dan Aykroyd, Belushi, Eddie Murphy, and Harold Ramis? Or, or Or did Harold Ramis step in for Belushi or did Bill Murray? I mean, we're covering a lot. Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis, phenomenal. What a great film. Perfect. Can't leave well enough alone. We have to say, oh, what if someone else would have been in it? So, okay, speaking of 80, this is really where the episode begins. I'm sorry that we started it. This is the reward for you having had, having sat through uh, so much as we start halfway through this. 
Speaking of 80s awesomeness, I, I started Cobra Kai on Netflix, and I love it. Um, and finished it. I think, yeah, I finished season two. I, season three is coming, I think. Cobra Kai, the um, saga continues for the Karate Kid franchise. You know, Johnny was so big. Johnny Lawrence, William Zabka was so amazing in the first one. I don't, he was in the opening of two. He was in the first scene of two, and then not in three, and not in the... Uh, the reboot, I don't think, with Will Smith's kid or the uh, the one with the young lady, um, Hilary Swank, I believe, uh, that I never saw. But uh, just a legacy from that movie. That's how many people saw these great movies in the 80s where you were in one or two hits and everybody knew you. And nowadays you can be in a whole series of shows or multiple shows and no one will know who you are because we're so um, scattered and fragmented. Not necessarily a bad thing. But uh, I just love this Cobra Kai, man. It's just a perfect mix of the movie and modern day. Encino, Reseda, not far from where I live. The characters are, of course, Daniel LaRusso, a Roman Catholic from Jersey, who I can relate to, and a once-privileged waspy Southern California suburban kid, Johnny Lawrence, who I can also relate to, uh, who's fallen on hard times even though he was raised in privilege. It's uh, them in modern day, and they're not in a fairy tale world of good and evil. It's much more ambiguous, and you find yourself rooting for both of them. And it's just great to see them both back in action. As actors, too, man. Not just characters. Because William Zabkin and Ralph Macho have been in some classics over the years. I think they spearheaded the project. This project with three others, like three writers, three producers, and those two. So the five of them would go pitch it. And they're just knocking out of the park. The, the little doff of the cap to the 80s, little different moments they have while staying on the story. And it's just fun, man. And emotional. And like anything that gets me to be cool with teenagers and like them, I'm impressed. You know, because I don't, I don't think I dug teen, unless it was a John Hughes movie way back. But those three writers or producers, they, they're probably four. There's probably more because it's so good. Um, but they must have great synergy to have something like that, to just keep adding to those storylines and, uh, you know, the twists. So cool, man. Synergy with a group, you know, whether it's a coaching staff or a business team or, a, you know, a band or whatever, writing staff, production crew. Uh, both main characters look great, man. Ralph and uh, William. Been through, a hell of, been through hell, but survived. The stunts are done well. The kids are amazing. I don't know the difference between what they can and can't do karate-wise. So the choreography and stunts and editing, so good. Plus, I want to believe it. I want to believe that they're that good. So a lot of different fun characters. Um, now, what this whole show and such tells us, uh, and the younger generation, is how powerful film was in the 80s, 70s, and 80s, you know, that it was so uh, powerful and such a, a good movie and original that it had the staying power to still be relevant and have the following, um, that it can be reintroduced into the culture this many years later. I mean, three, three and a half decades later. And uh, we all love... A great bad guy, right? Johnny Lawrence, Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark, Apollo Creed from Rocky. An antagonist so good that they brought him back. Now, uh, I, I'll put Robert De Niro in Cape Fear up there, but I don't think I could ever see that character being aligned with uh, the good side. Just an antagonist so good that they brought him back. Maybe Alec Baldwin and Glengarry Glenn Ross. But again, those two aren't going to be antagonist so good that, that you're brought back as an ally that's how good apollo was probably the best antagonist brought back in subsequent movies when they did that in rocky three people lost their minds man 
And that's what this is, except Johnny and Daniel are not quite allies. They're still, they still go at it. Um, yeah, so Zab Command, he was a great, bo- great bad guy in the 80s, just one of the guys back to school, European vacation. Although he wasn't necessarily a bad guy in European vacation, but I wonder, you know, he's a good-looking young kid, right? And you're being put in movies as the villain. I wonder if you're like, do I just put off a vibe that makes people hate me? Like, why am I being cast in these? Maybe he enjoyed it. I don't know. Maybe he's happy to be good-looking and getting the work and having fame. Uh, fellow comedian Brett Ernst is in it. He plays uh, Johnny's cousin, Louie. Works at the dealership, and he nails it, man. He nails his part. Great look, great character. Love to see uh, that he's Johnny's mom, the same mom from the original movies. Hope to see Elizabeth Shue, season three. Please give it to us. They must because, uh, well, they must. I'm not going to spoiler alert. Um. Adventures in Babysitting Blues, man. Remember that? That was great. I really hope that happens somehow. They've got to figure out a way to bring Pat Morita back to life. God, how did he not get Best Supporting Actor or award for that? Not that I endorse more award shows, but we really need to have a retroactive award show that gives awards to movies that were overlooked and hold up. Did Morgan Freeman or Tim Robbins get anything from Shawshank or the entire cast of A Few Good Men? If Hulk Hogan and Mr. T aren't working on a show idea together right now, then nothing is real in the world anymore. Guys, get on it. Uh, so I'm loving that show. Brings back a lot of good memories and good incorporating with the 80s, the music, perfect cheesiness. Also, Zabka's kid is going by the name Robbie Keane, K-E-A-N-E. Mine's K-E-E, sorry, K-E-E-N-E. I just, yeah, so slightly different spelling, but pretty fantastic. This kid playing him, Canadian kid, uh, Tanner, I think his name is. He's playing that role. I mean, obviously, his name's going to change back to Robbie Lawrence or something, but uh, the kid playing that role could be another, like, Leonardo, I think, or Johnny Depp or Brad Pitt. He's got the eyes, man. He's got the look, the hair, the control, the awareness, the cool. So he's got the look, and then he's got the acting and the presence where when you don't have other guys hate you but kind of, like, go, oh, yeah, okay. I'm sure those guys have guys that hate him. All the kids are great in it. But that, that, but this kid, this Robbie Keane, man, he he's something, which he, you know, he can. God, that's a good name too. Maybe that's why I'm partial to him. Uh, but they do the whole wax on, wax off thing. Uh, when the kids ask Johnny how he wants his windows, because Johnny's getting his uh, dojo cleaned, and some kid asks, "How do you want your windows cleaned?" He's like, "I don't give a shit." It was just the best. Like you expected some kind of. He's like, "I don't care." Total different style. Cobra Kai, totally different than Miyagi Do which is where um, Ralph Macchio is doing his thing. Okay, uh, last topic before we get to uh, Tweets of the Week here. Speaking of waxing, wax on, wax off, I'm a hairy guy. Uh, oh boy, where is this going? As I got into adolescence and high school uh, and into college later on, I was getting hairy, especially my eyebrows were getting dark. Uh, they got really dark. I don't know where that's coming from. I'd pluck, I'd tweezed, tweezered like an idiot. I even shaved once like between the eyebrows. And naturally, it gets thicker, it gets darker. I have like three or four different shades of hair coloring on my face. You know, I got the reddish brown on the head, got the dark eyebrows, then the light beard hair, but then also spots of gray. And then I have very fair skin. So we're dealing with like five or six shades of whatever. It's like, can we stick to one or two colors here? Am I in cocaine this episode? I feel like I'm flying through a thousand things. All right. So I went to an electrologist... um, God, probably late teens. 
and a waxing person to help like get the unibrow thick eyebrow situation and it was a modern miracle i don't know electrolysis maybe been around since the 1800s really started getting implemented i think in the 80s 90s rather maybe before i don't know but just a modern miracle i had to do something man i had to trim as well like i got other areas of the body i still go um you know i still go to an electrologist for my ears instead of like i don't want the barber trimming that and then growing really thick so i'll go to an electrologist for ear work um i've done it over the course of my life several spots on the body but now i just do ear you know uh i went a few times for electrolysis for some hair around my nose which was the most excruciating thing i've ever experienced uh i saw god in those moments but uh, now again if i go to an electrologist it's just for the ears what is this podcast and then i'll trim all the body hair i can reach so i don't appear hairy because my body uh hair is kind of light but i do have hair once in a blue moon i'll get waxed from down below and that blue moon becomes a white moon if you know what i mean um so yeah it's called dairy air treatment you got it's male not all waxologists do it but um it's called dairy air treatment and for your butt gluteus maximus and then the crack they get in between there it's called between the cheek treatment or the strip and then uh like for guys so not all places do for guys i don't blame them we're disgusting women do it in in the front man which i can't imagine that like that's a new level of pain i can access that uh yet more suffering we put women through and suffering they put themselves through for us wax from the butt and between the cheek is painful i can't imagine in the front i trim the front because i can reach there so um i've reached down there once or twice over the course of my life if you know what i mean i i have uh like three trimmers for body hair i'm even contemplating a fourth just because i listen to alec baldwin's podcast much and they advertise the lawnmower anyway i wanted to get waxed down there for no particular reason and i had a specialist come to my house covid safe you know and set her table up and clean me out clean me up it's a quick hitter little pain little pain this honey wax she puts the the wax the hot wax going on your butt and between the cheeks obviously feels pretty good and that takes a few seconds before it's torn away forever well not forever it grows back but some of it but it it's painful but it doesn't last that long it feels longer than it is but the lady just did a bang-up job she's gone they're out they're out the dough in 20 minutes and you've got no hair down there uh the company is pink p-y-n-k pink exposure mobile waxing she travels all over the place she'll go all over p-y-n-k lady's name is diva d-i-v-a and uh, it's a little weird having someone come to your home and take and you take your clothes off and then you get on a table but uh and there's no uh you know funny business there's towels covering professionalism so it's all good well worth it i feel great and light and clean i can't believe i just shared this on a podcast anyway grooming is important guys do it for your partner or even yourself okay even yourself wrapping up a career here um but uh it's a game changer and it, and it literally gives me a little self-esteem to go okay cool i don't feel so like i don't know gross and you, you feel a little bit better by yourself but now more importantly we've reached that point in the episode where it's patrick keen's tweets of the week guys these are patrick keen's tweets of the week coming to you uh to close out this episode 25 that we flew through i think i feel like it um on monday i tweeted neither candidate knows the bible one is trump and the other is catholic 
That's good, man. And I'll tell you what, some of these, if I do them a second time, a second week or in a row or a third week, they're worth it. So you should be thanking yourself. Okay, on Tuesday I tweeted, uh, was going to meet a friend for lunch, but decided just to listen to each other's podcasts instead. <laughs> That's good. On Wednesday I tweeted, coffee's amazing hot or cold, but not in between. <laughs> on Thursday I tweeted, just told everyone in Tent City that the stock market's doing great, so everything's chill now. You know, because people are like, hey, the stock market's going so well. Oh, okay, well then why are there homeless people on every street in Los Angeles? All right, we got to meet in the middle. I mean, are you kidding me? The stock market's doing great. The stock market and the economy are not the same thing. On Friday, I tweeted, Sunset is at 7-11 tonight. They're really taking refreshment to the next level. <laughs> so, get at 7-11, the store, and the time. All right. Uh, so, that was it. That was Patrick Keene's tweets of the week, guys. Um, sorry, I flew through this episode. I had a lot to get in, but uh, uh, Labor Day. So this is coming out on a Tuesday instead of a Monday with a three-day weekend. And uh, I hope people are hanging in there. And God, we're at like we're almost at two hundred thousand people from this country alone passing. And you don't know what's real. Um, you don't know actually how much is caused by uh, the COVID and what uh, what's just being labeled as a COVID death, but. Uh, Hang in there if you're listening. If you're not, hang in there too. But uh, thanks for listening. Keen on Things Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. It's on Spotify and uh, iTunes and so many places. And you can catch me, Keen of Comedy, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, I think that's everything. Jesus, what a mess. Um, yeah, and football is probably going to happen here in the next week or two. So we'll have some more to talk about. Thank God, right? Then we can go fully, fully football. Jesus, what a joke. All right, I love you for listening. Please drive safe. Please hang in there and uh, enjoy existence, brothers and sisters. Thank you.